Well, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Bill with Solid Rock Bible Church here in Reno, Texas. Uh, this is Wednesday. It's uh, time for Spotify. Uh, this week, I've been kind of studying and looking at, you know, I've been in the tribulation period because I really feel like that it is getting so close. And what I want to look at today, it's still in the tribulation period and probably next week will be. But, uh, and I've, I've entitled this, um, this uh, teaching or message, Will Everyone or Will All Be Saved During the Tribulation? You know, like I said, this week I've been studying about how many or how big of a number or what is going to come to Christ during the tribulation. We know that there are going to be people in the tribulation that's uh, going to accept Christ. But here in Revelation chapter 7, it speaks about, it says, a great number that no man can number who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are all people that during the tribulation people have had a change of heart. They see what's going on. They see what they're going through. And uh, many of them, well, all of them here, have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. They have turned to him. And we don't know how many of them it is. It says it's a number that no man can number. It could be hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions, that will be saved during that time in the tribulation. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, I didn't think you could be saved during the tribulation. Yes, you can. But there's, certain, but there's uh, things that you cannot do to be saved. First one is that you can't bow down and accept the Antichrist as your Lord. You're saying, you're going to be my God, and you're turning totally and completely away from God the Father. Or... Take the mark of the beast. If you take the mark of the beast, if you bow down to the Antichrist, if you accept him as your God, there is no hope to be saved. That's what the Bible tells us. So there was a question that I guess probably entered my mind, and probably maybe some of y'all will even think about this, is why will not the whole world be saved during this time? How could anyone living during that terrible, terrible time not want to accept Jesus as their Savior? They see all the stuff going on. Why will they not accept Christ as their Savior? Well, the Bible gives us the answer to these questions, and that's what we're going to look at. Here in Matthew 24, chapter 24, verses 23 through 24, it says... Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, this is Jesus speaking to them. He said, do not believe it, for false Christ and false prophets, false teachers will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead many astray, if possible, even the elect you know, the elect is those who are really into Christ, who believe in Jesus Christ, who believe in God. Boy, they're saying to themselves, nothing will ever change my mind. This is even some pastors may be in this, you know, group of people. But they will be so deceived, they're going to look at this. The power of deception is really the reason why many will never find salvation. Did y'all notice that Jesus said that the Antichrist and his false prophet will be able to perform great signs and wonders? 
The Bible tells us about a statue the Antichrist was set up in the Jewish temple. And then he's going to demand the entire world, the whole world, everybody to worship this statue. And still in Revelation 13, 15, it says that the false prophet will cause this statue to speak. Can you imagine how people are going to look at that, what they're going to think when this statue starts speaking? And then, still in Revelation 13, it also says that the Antichrist will be able to do amazing things, such as call down fire from heaven. You know, the Bible also talks about great signs and wonders. You know, it says, making idols speak, calling down fire from heaven is not all that the Antichrist and the false prophet will be able to do. There is going to be many other supernatural things as well. You know, you say, supernatural, well, I call them supernatural because behind the Antichrist, and a lot of us, we don't realize this. We just think of the Antichrist and the false prophet. But behind the Antichrist and the false prophet will be the power of Satan. Satan will be the, 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 the real power behind all things. It's not, it's not just the Antichrist. It's not just the false prophet. It's Satan guiding them, telling them what to do, and giving them their power to do these things. And, you know, we know this, that Satan is a great deceiver. And during the tribulation, he will deceive many people right straight into hell. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan is the father of all lies, and the truth is not in him. Everything that Satan speaks is a lie. Everything that Satan speaks is against what God has said. He may try to go along with God, make it sound like God, but he still is not saying and speaking exactly what God says. The tr- it said the truth is not in him. Satan cannot tell the truth. Satan is a liar. He's a, he's been a liar from the beginning, and he's going to lie to the end. And there's something else about the, about the people living during the tribulation that we need to understand. I want to look here at Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse nine through twelve. And I'm going to, and, and 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 listen to what it says. It says the coming of the lawless one, which is the Antichrist, is by the act of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Right here, the Bible is telling us Satan, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, for those one that will not believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, they are perishing because they refuse to believe the truth and to be saved. Verse 11, it says, Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that, they might, so that they might believe what is false in order that they may be condemned who did not believe the truth and had pleasure or they enjoyed being in their sin. And, but it said, they who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They had pleasure in their sin and they did not want to change. According to this passage, you know, God will allow some people to be deceived. It says that he will not open their eyes to see the truth about his salvation, but instead 
he will allow them to be deceived by Satan so that they might be condemned. All right, we ask this question, well, I thought God was a loving God. God is a loving God. So why would God do this? Well, Paul tells us that God will do this because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. They refuse to believe. They refuse to be saved. Now, y'all know that we have a mind and a will of our own. God forces nothing on us. It is our choice. We have to make that decision of whether to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as our Lord and Savior and be saved, or we can reject Him. It is totally up to us. But just like these people right here, it said they refuse to love or refuse to believe the truth and to be saved. In other words, they liked where they were at. They liked their sin. They loved their sin. And they didn't want to change. And God said, okay, you're making your choice. You have, you have that choice. You can turn from that, come to me and be saved, or you can stay in it and spend eternity in hell. It's our choice. God will reject all of those who reject him. God will withhold the convicting power of his Holy Spirit from those who had previously heard and understood the gospel. You know, this is, he's talking about people that had heard the gospel. Maybe they, they, they thought they were saved, but they refused to believe and receive Jesus as their Savior as time went on. And Paul calls them those who, who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's just what he told us. Those are the people that will not be saved. They had pleasure. They loved their sin. They're just like, I talked to a man one time and we was talking. And they're just like him who once told me that, well, I know what the Bible says about salvation, but I don't want to change. I like what I'm doing. I don't want to change and come to Jesus because I enjoy the way I am living. In other words, he was saying, I love the sin that I'm living in. And many people are like that. They do not realize that this time is just for a very short period. They want to stay in that sin. They want to enjoy that sin. But that is going to be very short-lived. And then they will stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And God will open up the Lamb's book of life and he'll look at them and say, I'm sorry, but your name is not in here. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And at that point, they're cast into the lake of fire. You know, these people are like this person who wants to, like I said, this is what I said, the, the people that, 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 that love their sin and don't want to change are like the same guy that I talked to that said he enjoyed and he liked the way he was living. You know, our eternal destiny is something too precious to play games with. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah 55, verse 6 through 7. <clears throat> it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Hey, He's not always going to be available to us to come to. Call upon him while he is near. Call on him now while he's near, while he's listening for your call. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let the wicked 
forsake their sin and the unrighteous man the way he thinks and let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God says, come to me while I am available. Come to me before it's too late. Confess your sins. Accept my son Jesus Christ. I will forgive you and you will have eternal life in heaven. Paul tells us today is a day of salvation. Now is when the door to God is open. And there's going to be a time when that door is going to be closed. And the only way it can be opened is from the inside and God will have to open it. And if we do not accept Jesus Christ, that door will not be open to you. No one living today needs to go through the tribulation. You don't have to go through it. You know, I wish, I wish everybody would get in there in Revelations and read about the seals, about the trumpets, and about the vials and see just how terrible the time is going to be. And it's, time, you know, it's hard for us to believe it because even like the Bible says, it will be a time that the world has never seen or will never see again. We have nothing to compare what these times are going to be like. We've never been through anything like it. And we never will again. But no one needs to live with the danger of being deceived. The Bible says that whosoever will can come and find forgiveness through God. Well, Bill, where does it say that? Look at Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name, the Lord shall be saved. You know, God has made our salvation so simple. He did not make salvation hard. He made it easy to understand. He made it easy for us to come to him. All we have to do is to believe that he is God that Jesus Christ is the Son that he sent from heaven to earth to die in our place and to take our sins upon him. He took our sins and when he took our sins, he gave us his righteousness. He traded his righteousness for our sins. And whenever God looks down from heaven at us, he doesn't see our sins. He sees righteousness. Not our righteousness because we have none. But, but he sees the righteousness of his son Jesus Christ in us who gave us that righteousness. Friends, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I ask you today, time is getting close and it's getting closer each moment, each hour, each minute, each second that goes by, the end time is getting closer. We don't know when it's going to happen. Jesus said that only God the Father knows when he's sending Jesus back. Jesus is waiting at the right hand of the Father right now. And the Father will look over at Jesus and he'll just say, Son, go get my children. The rapture will take place. The church will be taken out. And you know when the church is taken out, Satan will have no obstacles whatsoever to come against him. He will have a freedom to do whatever he wants. Friends, you don't want to be here then. You don't want to go through that because Satan hates you because you belong to God. Please, if you've never accepted Christ, I, I just, I'm just asking you right now to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
It's so easy to do. All you have to do is say, Lord God, I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of all those sins. And I thank you that you sent your son to take away those sins. For I now receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. I want to live for him. I want to serve him. And Lord, that day when it comes, my time, I want to be in heaven with you for all eternity. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. See how simple it is to come to God? He made it simple for people like me so I could understand how important it is and how easy it is for me to come to God. I have no excuse. You know, really and truly, you have no excuse not to accept Jesus and to have eternal life. So if you've prayed this prayer today, this is the greatest thing you could ever do. You know, I know I've said it before, but I like a quote that Billy Graham once said. He said, I never have known a man who accepted Christ and regretted it. You'll never regret accepting Christ. You'll have some rough times, but you'll never regret having Christ in your life. So for today, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being here. Please listen to what I've said because the time is getting near. So let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your son Jesus Christ who came from heaven to earth to die for my sins. He, he did what I could not do. I couldn't save myself, but he did. By me believing in him and receiving him, believing he is your son, believing that he died for my sins on that cross, believing that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin. You know, even your word says, for there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Lord, you sent the most precious sacrifice that could ever be sin for us to be saved, and that was your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for sending him. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins. Lord, I know you died, but I also know that on that third day, you arose from that grave. And Father, we will arise also and be with you for all eternity. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word and for all your promises. And these things I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I will see you all next Wednesday about 10 o'clock. And uh, if you all can join us, please do. And like I say, I'm looking at doing a deal on the 144,000 witnesses. That's really interesting. I've been studying that. And so we'll see. So I will see you next Wednesday. Y'all have a blessed day. And may God's hedge of protection be around you and your family and all of your friends. In Jesus' name, amen.